More than ever, believers were added to the Lord. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends, and Happy New Year. Um, We are all starting a new year, and I think the best way to start a new year outright is by taking time studying and reflecting on the Word of God. And that is our aim, and that is the mission of Renew Network Podcast, to help men and women, uh, both believers and unbelievers, cultivate a passion for the Word of God and to see through the Word of God um, the very path of life um, that leads to a deeper walk with Jesus for those who believe and leads to faith in Christ for those who are questioning and curious. And so thank you so much for starting out your new year listening to this podcast. Um, we are wholly devoted to the teaching and preaching of the Word of God and for um, to the ministry of discipleship, making, raising up uh, disciples for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, and um, we're grateful that you're with us on this new year. Um, it's always interesting on New Year's Day to look ahead and think about what the year might hold. Um, in December, we always have a lot more perspective on the year, um, but in January, we're full of hope, expectation, wonder, um, perhaps trepidation. Um, but mostly I think we uh, take a positive stance and look ahead and think this could be the best year yet. And let's uh, hope and pray by the grace of God um, and by his mercy that this will be the best year yet. Um, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. Uh, we just read the last couple of days the story of Ananias and Sapphira and their a decision to lie and break covenant, and uh, it was a very costly decision. And we discovered that our secrets and lies really do kill us. Um, there's something to be said for that. When you when you keep something secret within your soul, it begins to eat away at you. It begins to chip away at the very life of your heart, and um, and it kills you. Um, you hold that thing in secret, and it 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 owns you. It it devours you. It takes over. And in their instance, uh, God demanded their lives of them because of the secrets and the lies that they were holding uh, uh, with each other's hearts. And um, they thought they were clever and could fool God, and they learned very quickly that that was not the case. Today we're moving on, and we're going to be looking at uh, Acts 5, verses 12 through 16. Um, But before we get into the word, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you on this New Year's Day that the whole year lies ahead of us. And Father, we don't know what is in store. uh, But we know that if we stay close to your heart, uh, you're in charge. You're in control. Uh, You're the one calling the shots. May we seek your will. May we seek daily to walk in your ways. And may we stay closely tethered uh, to you, O Lord that we might cling to you um, in utter dependence as we enter this new year. Father, as we continue in our study of your word, we pray that you would uh, faithfully uh, send your spirit to enlighten us, to bring new insight and understanding, that we might apply these things to the benefit of our growth and grace. And we love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
All right, Acts chapter 5, verses 12 through 16. Here is what Luke writes. Now many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Now Luke begins to tell us that there were lots of miraculous signs and wonders being done among the people by the hands of the apostles. Now, the apostles were experiencing this newfound infilling and power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, previously, they had Jesus with them. They had uh, in the in the in the flesh the uh, all the power of God uh, present in Jesus, and so um, they watched. They saw how Jesus conducted himself. They saw his faith, uh, and they saw the many, many miracles and signs that he performed. And they grew to believe that in the name of Jesus, uh, great and powerful things could be done, and they carried on that work in his absence. And Luke tells us that many signs and wonders were regularly done. Now, this is, doesn't mean that these just happened on special events. This was happening all the time. This was the regular experience of the first century church. Uh, he tells us also in verse 12 that they were all together in Solomon's portico. You'll remember that one of the first uh, important teachings by Peter took place also in Solomon's portico. And again, he was confronting um, the religious leaders and uh, the curious uh, Jewish uh, Followers who were not yet necessarily a part of the way, uh, but had been seeing the amazing things that Peter had done, especially the healing of the lame beggar. And we see after that he has a, a teaching that takes place in Solomon's portico. And so it appears to me that that was a meeting place for the first century church, that they would gather there and they would probably experience uh, the teaching of the apostles, likely Peter. It seems like he was stepping up as kind of the central mouthpiece for the movement at this point in Acts. Um, and uh, the believers met, and then others um, who knew of the movement hadn't quite joined them yet, but they were they held them in high esteem. The church and the apostles were held in high esteem by those onlookers who were curious about what was going on with this movement of Jesus followers. Um, 14 tells us, and more than ever, the believers were added, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Uh, up to this point, all of the conversion experiences, the 3,000, the 5,000, were mentioned only in the context of the men who were coming to faith in Christ. And Luke very carefully here mentions that multitudes of both men and women uh, were being added to the Lord more than ever. <laughs> Believers were being added, both men and women. I think that's a significant point. Now, if we go back to the 3,000, we go back to the 5,000. If the men in the crowd who came to faith on that particular day uh, were with their wives and children, then we can presume that on the day of the 3,000 and on the day of the 5,000, there were also some women and children who came to faith in Christ and just simply were not counted because 
often uh, the only population counted were the men present. But here Luke mentions both men and women, and I think that's a, a great uh, point to note. In other words, uh, the gospel was having impact. The ministry of the church was having impact. People were daily, constantly being added to the number of the believers, uh, and their multitude was growing in both men and women. Um, we don't always see uh, the visible fruit of our ministry efforts today. Uh, I can remember when I was pastoring, it seemed like you would go, you would uh, push into some new ministry effort, you would commit resources and people and time to train and prep, and there would be so much excitement, and then launch would happen, and we would see very minimal results. So it was a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of resources for very minimal results. And in the book of Acts, we see the exact opposite. Almost no preparation, (laughs) operating and functioning in the power of the Holy Spirit, and massive, continuous results. It makes me wonder what's wrong today with the church. It makes me wonder what is keeping the church today from experiencing such incredible impact in the community. And partly I have to wonder if our dependence on and understanding of the Holy Spirit is the same as it was in the first century after having just experienced Pentecost and all those things. I do suspect that we don't invite the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us into the things that we do as believers as often as we should. We also frequently, I think, fail to realize the resource that we've been given by the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Uh, inconsistency with uh, uh, that's congruent with the teachings of Jesus, that's consistent with the teachings of Jesus, that the Spirit would come and dwell within us, and the Bible teaches that. I think we have a power deficit more than anything else. In verse 15, Luke says, So they, even they, uh, the people, carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, but at least his shadow might fall on some of them and they would be healed. It's the presumption. Um, Peter's reputation, because of the things that God was doing through him, was growing. And people who were sick, people who had sick loved ones, kept hearing the stories of the healings and the miraculous signs and wonders that were being done by, at the hand of the apostles. And Peter's very presence walking down a street um, was faith enough for people to believe that their loved one might be healed. That's an amazing thing. That's just an amazing thing. Uh, Jesus had that experience uh, when he was in his earthly life. Mark's gospel talks about Jesus walking through a crowd and a woman uh, running up to him and secretly touching the hem of his robe because she was so desperate for healing from this affliction that she had been struggling with for so long. And healing power left him, and he noticed in the midst of this throng of people following him through the city that power had left him. And the woman confesses that she had touched his robe, and Jesus blesses her. God wants to heal. It is his desire to heal. It is his desire to make us whole. And it amazes me that Peter could walk down the street, people would have faith because of what they had seen and heard, to believe that their loved one might be healed by the power of God at work in and through his servant Peter. Amazing stuff. In 16, we see Luke says, The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Um, It also says something about the people and their faith. Uh, Also, the effort to bring these 
these hurting and suffering people to the apostles seeking the healing of the Lord. It says something about the people and, and, and the strength of their faith and the resolve they had to get the sick and suffering ones near them to the Lord. Now, the physical healing alleviates uh, the physical painful suffering of life, but through the act of experiencing the healing power of God, um, you have to imagine faith would come to life in their hearts had they not been faithful ones before. And so it was great evangelism, too, uh, to heal these people of their afflictions because what a, uh, it's a no-brainer. How can you not believe in the God of the universe and the person of Jesus when you've been healed in such a dramatic way? And so healing is a wonderful evangelism tool, uh, a faith builder. We see such power and such wonderful things happening in the early church, and I'm inspired in my own ministry, in my own calling, in my own life as a disciple of Jesus, uh, to be diligent about the work of the Lord and to trust that uh, if we are walking and operating in the power of the Spirit, mighty things will happen for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom will be built, and uh, may it be true of our um, efforts for the kingdom this year that uh, Believers would be added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, uh, more than ever before. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your New Year's Day to study with me. Kind of a long one today, so uh, thanks so much. God bless you, and may your New Year be filled with many, many opportunities to express the love, mercy, and grace of Christ to others. God bless.